All right, we are back with another episode of the Urban Wire, episode 102. Um, this is the Urban Wire, where we shine a light on issues impacting the urban community. My name is Seneca Harris, and on the line, I have my co-host for the evening, Miss C. Johnson. Let's go to the phone lines and see how Miss C. Johnson is doing this evening. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. I can hear you clearly. Wonderful. I know it's been a while since we've done a live broadcast. We're getting back into the swing of things because there's just been so much going on in the news and just just, just going on in the world around us. So we're just going to um, do like a little quick hour, hour and a half show tonight. Um, we're doing something a little bit different. I want to get, get you know some little housekeeping things out the way first. I'm going to try this tonight. I'm going to do a pre-recorded show, um, and then I'm going to, edit it and put it up on our network so it's going to probably air on wednesday night at 8 p.m i'm gonna try to get that um edited and get that uploaded and just for those of you that that don't know um we are on several platforms now um we're going to be doing the facebook live broadcast but also we're going to be um we're still on blog talk radio i've changed the url of it um and it's let me get the URL. I want to make sure everybody has the correct URL. Um, it's blogtalkradio.com slash urban underscore wire underscore media underscore network. So just put that in, or you could just do a basic search, um, and you can just look up the Urban Wire Media Network, and that should pop up. We're also on iTunes. Um, we're on Stitcher, Tune in and Google Play. So we're expanding. We're doing big things. So definitely I want everybody to just um, pass the word. And of course, we're on YouTube as well. So you'll see our full length episodes and ex excerpts on there. Um, you can go to YouTube.com and it's, uh, I believe it's still UCOFW, but you can just, you can put up, um, go in there and search UCOFW or the Urban Wire uh, Media Network and our videos and our channel should pop up. Now, we got a lot to discuss tonight, y'all, because there's been some straight-up foolishness going on in the media, and we're going to get down to the bottom of it. Um, but before we get started, see, like, I just want to know, like, you know, with, with all this stuff that's going on, like, do you just feel like sometimes there's just no hope for the direction of this world in this, in this country in general? Yes. I mean, I really do, because... There's no change, you know, change is really not being promoted, you know, there's, and what I mean by that is, is that it has become a norm for, you know, people to just act out and to just act stupid and ridiculous. And, you know, for some reason that just seems to be okay. But then, you know, when we try to make a change or when we try to at least promote it, when we try to now, it's not being promoted, but when we at least try to, that's not even being acknowledged. So to answer your question, yes, I feel like there's just no hope, none. Right. Okay, and I just want to just throw in here real quick. Um, the chat room is open. Like, you guys can send in your comments, questions, and concerns. I want to thank everybody that's on here already. Um, I see you, Melissa. I see you, Greg. I see you, cuz, Miss Chan. She already clowned and talking about, is you live, whore? Whore, is you live? So, yes. Yes, we are definitely live. We are up in this thing tonight. 
So we, we're going to talk about a little bit of everything. Let me go down the list of what we're going to talk about because we're going to have to hit it and quit it real quick. We're going to hit these topics. We're going to get up off here tonight. So we're going to keep y'all on here long. You know, if y'all got some questions in the comment section, leave the comments um, there so everybody can, um, you know, so we can just have a respectful um, dialogue and, and we can just talk about these issues. Now, we're going to talk about Nia Wilson. She was the girl that was fatally stabbed at a bus station. We're going to get on that. We're going to talk about the details of that. And we're going to talk about some local news uh, about the duck boat drowning and, uh, and just, the, just the tragedy behind that. We got some clips on that. We're going to talk about um, just this, the, the topic in general, um, police being called on black people. And we're going to talk about um, how all these cases have been coming to light lately about how um, people are just doing basic everyday things and they're being called by um, called police are being called on them by citizens and which, which turned out a lot of these people are white supremacists. They're racist. And you look into their background, we, we see a lot of that going on um, in their background. And these are the same people that are calling the police on black people. Um, we're going to talk about R Kelly. Cause you know, we talk about him every now and then we, we talk about how sick and, and perverted and, and twisted he is. So, um, we're going to get on him. He had a new song that came out called I Admit. And, um, yeah, we're going to get into some of the lyrics of that. Uh, also, girl, check this out. See, did you you know Monique? You've been hearing about Monique recently, how she's been in all this news talking about uh, how she's been uh, done wrong by Tyler Perry and Oprah and them. You know she yeah. had the nerve to say that she uh, sticks up for Roseanne in her comments. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I was just so just messed up with that yeah. about that. I, oh my God. Yeah. Yes. We, yeah. Yeah. I know we're going to go in on that. And then Charlemagne the God, you know, the, uh, you know, the unpersonality uh -huh. on the breakfast club and how, um, it's been some, some tea that's been exposed or brought up from the past. And now, um, people are giving him the side eye and it's also kind of affected his, HBO deal that he had. He's supposed to be doing a, a new series through HBO, and I guess they done canceled that. So we're going to get on that. Ah. We'll talk about the Black Expo, and we're going to talk about church news because, honey, we I think we're going to start off with the church news first because, baby, it's so much <laughs> going on in the churches today, and we need to talk about that. Um, I want to first start off, and that's, that's a good place we're going to start off at is um, – Oh, boy, I tell you, there was a situation where, um, and I don't think I had time to to find the clip, but I'm going to go, go online real quick and find this YouTube clip that I want y'all to um, hear. Pretty much, um, it was about this family that was having a, a funeral, and I think this, was, this took place ah. in Philadelphia, and I guess they were Catholic. And somebody had mm -hmm. accidentally knocked over the chalice or something. They, you know, was giving somebody a hug and they knocked over the chalice. And I guess the mm -hmm. priest came out and told all them, she said, get that thing. I said, get that thing out of my church, which he was talking about the body. And um, th these people, they were mourning over her mother because their mother was sick. And she was well-liked and well-loved in the community. And he told him, I said, mm -hmm. he said, this funeral is over. He pretty much in, in, in other words, he told them to get, get your black asses out this church 
The funeral is not going to happen today and get this body, which he called a thing, out of here. So that goes to show you these people that are supposed to be men and women of God, they don't care about the people. They have no compassion, and they have no feelings or anything towards anybody. And I'm trying to find that story, but while I'm trying to find that, see, can you just tell me how would you feel if you were in that situation and you were mourning over the loss of your parents? or your loved uh-huh. one, and this person that's supposed to be the man or woman of God comes out and says something like that. How would you feel? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I will be extremely pissed because, first of all, you know, that is the moment that you're laying your family member, your your parent, to rest. You will never be able to see them in the earthly realm again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would be past devastated. See, I would be to the point where I want to just the whole damn church up. And I would want to burn that little sacred cup that he was upset about that they done knocked over. Mm-hmm. See, because that right there, if you cherish... Now, I do understand Catholics have their tradition. They do things they do things that way. And what it seems like is, is that they value the tradition more than they value the life of that deceased person and the feelings of the family that was in there. Because the facts of the is um, you know, like I was, um, now I had actually heard about that and I'm glad that you're going to go ahead and find all the stuff for that because mm-hmm. um, I was actually reading somewhere, so that's why I'm saying like I'm glad you don't find it, but I was reading somewhere where, where they were talking about how the how how the family had to end up taking the casket out and taking it to another location. Now see that right there, that right there is gonna burn in their memory of how the last moments of their family or the last moments of their mother. You know, and that priest I'm sorry to say it, but I'm going to say it. He needs to burn his ass in hell right now. I am so serious about that because your secret cup means nothing. That meant for that one moment, you could have picked it up, sat it back up. Everything would have been okay. But you're going but, but to disrespect the family, but not only the family, mm-hmm. but the deceased that way. Right. I don't think so. He had no, he had no conscience. He didn't care. And that is what's wrong. You know, people are lacking love. They're lacking compassion. They're lacking kindness. And I'm telling you, that man is going to need somebody one day. I kid you not. And I would not be surprised if nobody is there for his sick ass. Excuse me, but I had to say it. It's ridiculous. And I really feel for that family. Yeah, we got a comment, and, and it's a good comment. Like somebody just said, like my cousin Chan, she just said, this is why people are having a hard time believing in God, and they're, they're uh-huh. having a hard time of wanting to even be a part of the church because of stuff like this. And like she That's said, right. I understand that he was upset, but he didn't have to go that far to just end the service. That was just horrible. So I did find yeah. the clip of this news um, clip, and I'm going to play it real quick so we can get a context uh-huh. of what, what we're discussing tonight. And I'm hoping that this is a good clip. So uh, we're going to go to this, and we're going to see what's going on.
Washington is apologizing after a priest kicked a family out of the church in the middle of their mother's funeral. Reverend Michael Breezy was caught on camera last week in a confrontation with the family at St. Mary's Catholic Church in Maryland. Apparently this started when someone accidentally knocked over and damaged a chalice. As Angela Hicks's funeral, he called the mourners crackheads and prostitutes Ooh. and demanded they get out of the church and that no funeral would be held. The relatives were devastated that their mother's service was not at the church where she was baptized as a little girl. Uncalled for. Uncalled for at that church. And it really hurt me. Really do. To see your loved one come there to rest and be shut down like that. Mm, he disrespected mm, my mm. mother. He called my mother a thing. He said, get this thing out of my church. Everyone get the hell out of my church. Another priest at a nearby funeral home conducted the funeral mass. Meantime, the archdiocese sent an apology to the family, a letter, and they placed that reverend on administrative leave. All right, it's time to go in, y'all. It's, it's time to go in because I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to keep it 100 because, you know, like I try to respect, you know, the man and woman of God, I try to be respectful of, you know, uh, when I go to the house of the Lord. But I'm going to tell you that if that would have happened to me on that Sunday or whenever, they, or not Sunday or Saturday or whenever they had that funeral, I would have tore, I would have tore the house down. Like, seriously. Yeah. You for you to get in there and say this to a grieving family and call them. And did you hear in the clip he called them? And I didn't even hear this, I didn't even know this part of the story. He called them a bunch of crackheads and prostitutes and whatever he said. The, what, what I don't know what he said, but he called them crackheads. Like, who does that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, honey. Apparently, he's dumb, but did just, just ridiculous, you know. And I hate to cut you off, but but my thing is okay, see, that was a moment of them being stereotyped simply because they were black. So, you know, so you have an African American family up in there that is holding a service, and because your little chalice was kicked over and damaged, which I'm pretty sure you make enough money, you can go and get another one. Um, you want to call them crackheads and prostitutes. Okay. My thing is, is what, why? What was the purpose of you doing this? So you're lashing out. So that means that that is your inner feeling about African-American people in the first place. Right. Because that's not going to come out of nowhere. So he's always had these feelings, but because he's a public figure and because he uh, has a traditional act or whatever you want to call it, so therefore, he had to kind of hide those feelings. But like the saying says, of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He was feeling that all along. Because mm -hmm. if he wasn't, that would not have come out at all. Right. And and it's just it's just a shame. But Jared, this is this is my thing too, and I want you to uh, comment on this too. These same people, you want to get that mad over a knocked over chalice, but I don't see these people in the Catholic Church because these people were Catholic. Where was all this outrage? What's all this outrage when it comes to all these priests and stuff molesting these young boys and girls? You 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 didn't get you ain't getting mad about that, but you get mad about somebody. Else. But that goes to show you they care more about status, they care more about money, and they care about more about material things than actual uh -huh. human beings. And that's how it always been in the Hello? Catholic Church. 
They've always been Hello? like that. It's always been about the money. It's always been been about uh, how much revenue they can pull in from all the, you know, from worldwide. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. this is why we're going to we talking. We're talking about church news first. And we don't get into it because we got a lot of tea to talk about tonight. We're going to spill some tea. But this is uh -huh. why people do not want to go to the church house today because there's so much foolishness going on. Yes. So that, Absolutely. yeah, so I just wanted to talk about that. And that's going to lead us into um, our next topic. Now, um, I know some of you may not follow the gospel music industry a lot. You may not follow, you know, everything that goes on in the church, but there's been some stuff going on in the church lately. And I, um, there's a gospel artist I listened to. She was um, one of the winners on Sunday's Best. She's like one of the first winners, I think. I, I forget which gear she won. But Leandria Johnson, I don't know if you've seen that clip, um, see about her. She was on Facebook Live going off. Uh -uh. And she pretty much said F the church, like because and, and she was talking about um, Marvin Winans. You know, um, Bishop Marvin Winans, one of the Winans brothers. Yeah. She uh -huh. said that she was at some type of uh, function and she said that uh, she was sitting in there with, and you know, behind stage with Vashon Mitchell. And I don't know if it was somebody uh -huh. else, but she said that Pastor Marvin Wyness walked right past her. And I want to say she said that he looked her up and down and walked right past her and went right over there to Vashon Mitchell and start talking to him and, 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 you know, chopping it up. And, you know, just like some little queenie kind of like, you know, some little, it was kind of real catty. And she said that kind of hurt her feelings because she said that she grew up listening to Marvin Winans. And she says that I'm a product of you. You know, my mother used to listen to you when I was in her womb. So she says, I grew up admiring you. And for some, whatever reason, he just did that to her. So that, that, that was one of the things that caused the rant. And um, I'm going to go to a clip real quick. This is just, this is just like wow. She went off. Like um, she said a lot of stuff in this long clip talking about how y'all give y'all money to these pastors. She, I said, why are they prospering and you not? And she was just talking about all this foolishness going on in the church. But I'm going to play a clip of like it's only a minute. But this, this, but the rant was like over 48 minutes. But I'm gonna go go to this real quick, and I'm gonna come back with the rest of my commentary. Care who spiritual father he is, he could have been mine, but no, he 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 wanted to, to to go past me like I was something like I was a peasant. Walk right past me like I was a peasant. Really? Really? You gonna walk past me? Really? And you ain't even know. I'm a product of you, but it's all good though. Now you know. Now you know though. Now you know. I tell you like this. I tell you like this, I know what I have. I know what I have and I know who I am. I tell you that. And I'm gonna tell you like this right here. On some real nigga shit. How <laughs> <laughs> y'all gonna spread that? Y'all gonna make that viral. Love, peace, and happiness to those who know the truth and who tired of this Christianity bullshit. Ooh, not the Christianity you bullshit. Me, you gonna drill at me? Baby, let me tell you something. I sing gospel and I love God. 
But baby, if you wanna if you wanna go there, we can go there. And to everybody out here who do not agree with me, that's all good. It's your opinion. Because we're still down here. We're all still down here. When you get the keys to heaven, let me know. I have nothing to hide, but trust me, there is something that you don't know that you would never know. So mm. if what I'm showing you and telling you is bringing you to your knees, God almighty, if I just told you some of the things that I ain't going to tell you. Ooh, wee. Ah, ah. Yeah, so that's what's been going on. And then I know you know who Dietrich Haddon is, right? You know who uh -huh. Dietrich Haddon is? Yes. So he had a nerve to jump yes. up on... Um, I don't know if it was on Instagram or Facebook Live. And then he had the nerve to put his two cents in it. When he's the last person need to be talking about anybody. Dietrich had no, yeah. had no business talking about nobody. The way he did his ex-wife and had that doing affair on his wife. But you want to tell somebody that they don't have no business talking about church hurt. I said, you are the part of the reason why people feel the way they feel about the church. But you want to tell somebody they ain't supposed to talk about church hurt. I said, church hurt is very real. There's been stuff going on in these churches. People have been getting molested. People have been getting robbed. People have been having their wives right. stolen from them in the church. People have been having their husbands stolen from them in the church. Kids being molested. But you want to talk about ain't no such thing as church hurt. You better sit on down somewhere uh -huh. with that foolishness. That's foolishness. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And yes, I'm going to tell you, is. like, I, I feel like I said, I love Leandria Johnson. I said she's very talented. And and I and I agree with what she said, but it's just like I understand how she said it was kind of messed up. Like, but I yes. still I still like her. I feel that she's always been there. Like she's always been she ain't been no hypocrite. She's always been very open about her life and what she's been through. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? That's one thing I respect uh -huh. about her. And you can say what you uh -huh. want to say about her, but she is real. Now, I think that the message would have been better perceived and she would have said it a, a different way. But uh -huh. we have to talk about that because we got people like, and this is another uh, story I want to talk about. Um, I know you've been hearing about, I don't know if you know who Brian Corn is, that prophet Brian Corn. You ever heard? I've, he I've heard the name, but I don't think I've ever seen him. But I have heard that name. Oh, you probably know if you say he got them he, he, big old chili soup cooler lips. You would know that you would see, you would know who that big <laughs> lip. Oh, let me stop. You would know who he is if you if you seen him. And a matter of fact, I think um, what's, who's that? He 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 used to be on. Uh, sometimes he's on TBN, and I think what's that that um, I think he's an evangelist. Uh, Perry Stone, not Perry Stone, but I forgot who it is, but he was the one that brought him out to the to, to the limelight. And I think he's done stuff with Benny Hinn, all them frauds. You know what I'm saying? Pretty much he's been linked up with all those frauds. So what's going on with this situation is that we're talking about now is allegedly um, Brian Corn was sleeping with his praise and worship leader at his church like no, he was sleeping with his praise and worship leader's wife. And oh. I guess um, the, the man's name is Pierre Whitlow. And I guess he had went out of town. And while he was out of town handling some family business or whatever, he said um, Brian Carn came over there, kind of eased his way over to that woman's house, talking about he had some business to talk to her about the church. 
and he came over there like late at night. That's that's what this uh, allegedly. Uh, uh, and come to find out, he done sat up here and smashed this chick and had sex with her, and and eventually came out that he was sleeping with this man's wife. Now this is the same man that wants to always get get his ugly behind on the video and talk about people being immoral. We'll talk about the gays. You want to talk about um, just morality in general, and you just always just going in on people. But you sitting up here having sex with this man's wife. You knew exactly what you was doing because you waited until he went out of town to take your behind over there to sleep with this man's wife. And not to mention, uh-huh. this ain't the first time that he's been in the media for some foolishness. Like, he was in the media um, recently because, uh, well, yeah, about a year ago, he had made a prophecy. Now, mind you, this is supposed to be a prophetic man of God. They had went back on YouTube and linked his prophecy. Now, this dude talking about all kinds of stuff. They ain't edifying the, the, the church. You talking about who's going to win the Super Bowl, who's going to be president, which he said Donald Trump wouldn't be, wouldn't be president, but he lied about that. So right then and there, that destroys your credibility. But they said that they, they found his prophecy verbatim online from this woman that's a witch. She's a psychic uh, witch, and he took her prophecy uh, for word <laughs> by word, and um, yeah, and, and got up in front of the church and used this woman's prophecy as if it was his own. So right there, we're, we're dealing with this type oh of person. My God. Yes. So, see, and, yeah. Well, see now, here's my thing. Okay, first of all. You know, there's no business that you need to be taken care of with no uh, person's spouse, especially their wife, while the husband is away. You know, good and well, you don't have no business to take care of. You just wanted what was inside her drive, and I'm going to keep it real. But on top of that, but on top of that, if you call yourself a prophet, then you should have seen in the future that your ass is going to be all over the news and in the newspaper and online or whatever because of what you're doing. So, you know, so, you know, and that was really like a little joke, but I'm just saying that. First of all, you're wrong. But my thing is, is this: if you call yourself a man of God, and if and and if that is what you really call yourself, then there's absolutely no reason for you to be doing no little slide, snaky ass stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Because really, people are seeing you as being someone that is not saved, someone that is not real, someone that does not mean what he's talking about, someone who is just like the next person out here just trying to scheme and trying to get what they want. So, you know, so really you're putting a bad name on people that have the same title as you. You know what I mean? So it's just, you know, so really you have to watch what you do. But the thing is that he wanted what he wanted and he went after it and he got it. You know, and it's a shame that he did that, but, you know, that that, that right there is just so messy. But let me ask you this, see, and this is something else that a lot of people been saying, um, because I'm, I'm going to get on, because my, my boy Demario Jives, he's, he has a, a show on YouTube, King Jives. He talked about this before. He said this man uh-huh. is, they say he's been messing with the girls, he's been messing with the boys, the girls, and everything in between. They said, honey, he go every which way. Honey, he don't got no discretion. They said, he said, allegedly, 
that Brian Corn was hitting him up in his inbox at 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning talking about what's talk about some Bible scriptures over the phone. Now, let me tell you something. What you, what you, who going to be talking about some Bible scriptures at 11, 12 o'clock in the morning? We already know what that is, and we know what the cold word for that is. That, uh, really? Uh-huh. And this ain't the first oh, time. Yeah. Let me tell you something else. It was alleged uh, several years ago he had passed um, an STD on to some other girl, too. He, some young girl, too, he oh, was messing around with. So this man has been out here slanging dirty dick everywhere. You, <laughs> I said, you, you, you ain't just giving out the, the word of God, but you giving out other packages and other, other things that have nothing to do mm-hmm. with the word of God. So that's what I'm telling that's you. Right. And I bring all this up because we have to be careful who we following. We have to be careful mm-hmm. about who we uh, idolize because we're idolizing these people and they are nothing but human. We need to be yeah, we need absolutely. to be turning our attention to God. You know what I'm saying? And that's just my biggest thing. I can't stand a hypocrite that wants to sit up here. That's why I, I don't respect a lot of these 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 pastors and these preachers because y'all sit up here and preach one thing and then the same thing you want to harp on is the same thing that you doing. You doing that yes. plus more. Like you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. You sleeping with not only you stealing money from the church. And you you living your lavish lifestyle, but you sitting up here stealing other people's panties and they drawers and stealing their wives and everything else. I just I just have a problem with that. So yeah. And her, let me read we got a comment. Wait a minute. He's passing around them devotionals that come in in my junk mail daily. <laughs> That's all they doing. Shoot, but I don't oh know. I just, I just don't know. I don't know. But I'm not. I'm. We gonna wrap this comment. Um, um, wrap this part of the show up about the religions. Like, do you have anything else to say before we move on to? Um, I want to get on this Monique situation. Then we are gonna talk about R. Kelly after that. You got anything else to say? No, I'm no, because I'm ready to jump on Monique. You mention her name, I'm ready to go. All right. Um. All right. Next, we are gonna talk about Miss Monique. Now y'all know Miss Monique. I let me tell y'all something. I love Monique. Let me tell you that that I love Monique. You know, a lot of people have been giving her slack lately because she's been, you know, just out here just on a campaign. Boy, she been let she won't let her she won't let up off of Oprah, Lee Daniels, or Tyler Perry. And and I'm gonna tell you something, like they all are snakes. Like they are. They are snakes. Like Lee Daniels got caught up recently because he owed um Damon Dash two million dollars. He been he been been um avoiding this fool for several years because he owes him money because he helped him to get his career started and he found baby he rolled up on him at that Donna Ross concert baby he rolled up on him and and uh, honey he had this sweater around him baby he was looking around like oh my god but Damon Dash got up in his face like you know you know you dead wrong you I gave you two million dollars and you ain't gave me my my money back and you done mm. made that money back ten times, like tenfold. That's like, right. But that's how that's how black people are sometimes. We we always talk about mm-hmm. um everybody else, but we'll be the first one to screw each other over. Now you know you couldn't go to anybody else that could help you, and this brother helped you and gave you he gave mm-hmm. you two million dollars, and that's how you repay him by you know mm-hmm. yeah. 
So we, we already know that they, they all are, you know, whatever. And I agree yeah. with Monique that it, it, there is uh, racial and gender inequality in Hollywood. It is. So I, I'm not knocking her for that. And a lot of people be talking about how, you know, her husband is this and that. I said, you know, I just think a lot of times a lot of these people are jealous of their relationship because they ain't got no man. They ain't doing them nothing. Right. Ain't trying to help them out. So I'm not, I'm not against her in that. So, oh yeah, uh -huh. Lee Daniels' uh, uh, empire is yeah he's shady. That's why he can write them shady storylines. They nigga shady himself. Thank but we you. we gonna exactly. get on to that. But anyways, um, Miss Monique went on to KTLA uh, Atlanta. It's it's a local news station. She did an interview, and they uh -huh. were talking to her about um and asking her questions about just different topics. And one of the topics that came up was about Roseanne. And I'm going to go play this clip and we're going to come back because I'm going to play part of it because it was like an 11 minute clip. But luckily what she said is like in the first minute, minute and a half that we're going to discuss and we're going to come back with the rest of our commentary. With Tone X in a minute, but uh, Monique is here too. Uh, and so uh, we're going to uh, chat about the little bit. It's very really good to see a couple things we got to ask you about. <laughs> yes. See, we talked about this before the light went on. You have a thought about the whole thing with Roseanne. I do. I really do. Should we wait for the break or should we share? No, right we'll now? share right now. You know, um, Roseanne Barr is my sister in comedy, and she's my universal sister. And what I won't do, Sam, is throw her away for making a mistake. We've all said and done things, baby, that we wish we could take back and swallow and say, oh, but when you're in the public eye, you can't, and it's out there. But to put the title of racist on her, I can only share my experience with Roseanne. I remember when I had the Monique show, and there were big, major black superstar talent that had white representatives, and they told their talent, that show is too black, mm. and we really don't want you to go on there. Mm. But there was a white woman named Roseanne Barr that showed up for me when people that looked like me, now that, I, I want to thank all the talent that came on the Monique show, because there were some beautiful people that sat on that couch, but I remember when we were going after the big names and it was, oh, we got to get back to you. And y'all know who you saw and who you didn't see on that show. Right. But that woman, when we called, it wasn't a question. And she came and she sat on that sofa and they didn't hear the conversation when the cameras wasn't rolling. And that woman was giving me some beautiful words. And she said, Monique, I'm going to tell you right now, baby, they're going to consider you difficult. They're going to call you the B word because you're a woman who won't lay down and take that foolishness. So what I would ask is, yes, my sister made a mistake. And she said something that I know she wish she could take back. But what I would ask is that we don't throw her away. Mm. The consequence is what the consequence is. Mm -hmm. But I know what it is, Sam, to be thrown away based off of a lie. I know that feeling to have to fight for something when you're only fighting for equality. You're fighting for what's right and what's fair. So when I see my sister who said something out of order, out of line. Mm -hmm. She did. We cannot dress it up. Right. But when I see my sister saying, I made a mistake. So all I would say is to Roseanne, baby, if you are in California right now, you have tickets to the show at the Brea Improv. Okay. Because what I won't do, when someone says they're sorry, and we keep teaching all of this Christianity and all of this forgiveness, but when we write in it, when we write in it, oh. we seem to forget about that.
and we seem to walk away from it. So for Roseanne Barr, from Monique, I want to say to my sister, I love you. I know you made a mistake. I know you messed up, but I still won't throw you away. I won't put you on the racist list and say, oh, never again. That is my sister. And I think these are the moments that really count. Because I remember somebody asked me, Sam, for, with the situation that I'm going through. Mm -hmm. And my, they were asking my husband about it. And they said, well, what do you say about the people that don't speak out? that don't say anything and they know what you know Monique is dealing with. He said, in history, you find out who your friends are when you're going through something, either in their silence or in their speaking out. Right. You find out. So I want Roseanne Barr to know, sister, you have a friend in me. <coughs> you have a friend in me. To Sister Valerie, you have a friend in me. Because when we talk about this unity and this sisterhood, I would like to see those two women come together. And Roseanne, you've got to give her an apology. You gotta say I'm sorry, but the spirit that I know of Valerie would say, hey baby, but let's not us jump on the bandwagon mm -hmm. of balling us up and throwing us away. Can I, can I bring up another B word? It's a B word that's been associated now uh, with you and your career and this word blackball. Yes. Do you feel you have been blackballed? At this point, yes, Sam. Okay. And you know, people keep saying to me, why don't you move on? Why don't you let it go? Mm -hmm. And then when you know our history of Hollywood and black Hollywood, they told Eartha Kitt the same thing. They told Paul Robeson the same thing. They told Hattie McDaniel the same thing. And it keep, the list goes on and on and on. So, Okay, I'm going to stop there. Um, woo, that's a lot to talk about there. That's, that's, that's a lot to talk about there because this is my thing. Like, okay, I understand what she's saying. She got some good points or whatever. But at what point do do she is she going to start practicing what she preaching? Because uh -huh. you sitting up here telling people that we need to forgive somebody like Roseanne that has always said problematic stuff in the media. You you want to sit there and tell us that we need to forgive her, but you won't forgive Oprah, Lee Daniels, or Tyler Perry. So shouldn't it shouldn't that be the same thing? Like if you're gonna tell us that we need to get over that, and but see that's that's how it is, and that's why I say about uh -huh. Monique, she only cares about stuff like she said. Well, I can only say how she treated me. Okay, uh -huh. that that goes to show you you should be looking at it as a collective thing. And you, my thing is if you forgive her, that's your business. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. And you should have just kept that to yourself. Like, but for you to kind of make it seem like that we have to overlook what she says, that's that to me that's that's a crock of bull crap. I am sorry, this is uh -huh. how I feel about it. Uh-huh. So what do you feel about to that? Me, well, my thing is this, okay, so I agree with everything that you just said and you're absolutely correct on that. Because you can't say all this stuff, but yet still when the door closes behind you, you still have those same feelings that you're talking against. And not only that, you know, to me, I feel like that this is a little um, stunt that she's trying to pull so that people can, you know, so that she can be out here in the public and people, you know, have something to actually talk about as far as she is concerned. But my thing is, okay, my question is, do you really believe the things that you're saying? Because I 
personally by how she is just drowning in this entire um, soreness that she has because of what somebody has done to her, well, okay. But now, my thing is, is this. Now, what Roseanne said was wrong. And what the consequence was with her being removed from the show and then the show went on and then the show gets canceled because a lot of people, contracts, money, all of that. But the fact of the matter is, is that she said it, okay, and if she wants to apologize, that's fine. But the fact is, is that it was still put out there, but Monique cannot get out here and try to erase what was said. That cannot be erased, you know, and... Basically, your name does not carry so much pull to where when you get out here and make these comments um, to actually promote her forgiveness, that is not going to change people's uh, mind frame of her, and it's definitely not going to change people's mind frame of you. So really, you have to be real at at all times. You know, right. you know what I mean? So you don't try to sell yourself out on the account of somebody else. And that's what I think that she did. Right. And, and, and this is my thing, too. It's like, Roseanne ain't really sorry, man. Like, she's still, uh -huh. she's still out here talking reckless. And she's still at, back out here, you know, just saying all kind of reckless stuff. Like, she was just on this one show recently looking like a mad woman. Like, she just, she's just looking real darn crazy. And I think that this whole situation with her show being um, canceled, I think it's really, really messed with her me mentally. Like, even her, uh, even her ex-husband, Tom Arnold, said that, like, this is taking a toll on her. And she's always been a little crazy. But she got on this interview talking about... I didn't even know, and these are the words I'm going to quote, I didn't even know the bitch was black. I didn't even know this, this, and that's what she said. So I guess she feels like, okay, it would have been okay for her to say it as long as the woman was not black. Now, come on now. Like, you knew that woman, why would you say that? Like, why would you say that? You you knew that that woman was black. She just, yeah. And like, yeah, like somebody said in the comments, she, she did look like she was on drugs. Like, you know, and, uh -huh. and, and she, she's, she's just done lost her mind. Like to me, yes. like, first of all, you have to be crazy to have an opportunity like you did. Like the show was renewed for a second season right after the first episode. And like, the, I mean, this show was very successful. Like it was a milestone and, you know, uh -huh. for you to get on there and, and even risk that by saying some foolishness about like that, that always already tells me what your mental state is. You can't be all there. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. But Miss mm -hmm. Monique, I'm telling you, Monique's making a lot of bad decisions right now. And that would be yes, something I yes, would have yes. just not even said anything about. Like it's That's right. You know, she's just digging herself in a in a um in in a I don't know. She's digging her own grave. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah, you know what? And my thing is, okay, so if her husband, Sydney, is her manager, what I want to know is, is that her husband is being her manager, encourage her to not say something, or did she go behind his back and still say something? You know, like, that's really what I want to know. You know right. what I mean? Because it's like, you know, even when she was on the 
Breakfast Club show, you know, and her husband was there with her. Her husband was actually, you know, trying to guide her and saying these things and not say this and was really correcting her. So that's why I'm like, it kind of seems like she just went on here and just done her own little thing. But you're right. She is digging a um, huge sinkhole. And this is going to be one of those sinkholes where she's not going to be able to get out of. I don't care how high that bun she wear on top of her head. Honey, that ain't going to be able to show because they ain't going to be able to see her. She's going to be like like a black guy sitting on something or whatever. Like, you're, like she's going to be gone. And, you know, and you're right. She really needs to be careful about who she tries to promote and who she tries to encourage and all that kind of stuff because she keeps talking about she's blackballed and she's this and she's that. Well, you keep going along with the people that's doing the wrong thing, then, honey, you're going to be further down than what they are. Right. So, yeah, so she really needs to chill out. Yeah, and she needs to listen to that, that Cardi B song, Be Careful, because she needs to be careful <laughs> about what the things that she's putting out here in the media. You have to. Like, That's Monique, right. like, I love you to death. I love you, sis. I love you. I want to see you succeed because Monique, wanted, she won them round the way girls from Baltimore. She'll get your ass together. But somebody need to get her together at this point and tell her that you got to make some wiser decisions and you got to get your, get your stuff together. And that's, that's all I'm right. saying about the situation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. So I want to move on to um, – you know, we were just talking about, you said, mentioned something about the Breakfast Club. Uh, I'm going to get on, we're going to get to R. Kelly next, but this this segues into the whole Charlemagne the God situation, which his real uh, name is uh, Leonard Larry McKinley. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. we, we I don't know if you've been following the news, they've been saying that recently some old allegations or old cases have been resurfaced um, yes. about him being allegedly involved with this young girl uh-huh. that was at the at the time she was 15 they said that she was um he, he had brought this girl to a party and the girl ended up getting raped and at the time her mother didn't want all that publicity so she pretty much talked said you know made the decision that not to go forward with the charges or nothing so I guess uh-huh. Charlemagne the God made a plea deal, um, and I guess he got some lesser charges in some probation or whatever, and pretty uh-huh. much the case was dropped. So now this girl, she's in her early 30s now, and, you know, I guess she feels some type of way now because at the time she was a child, and her mother made that decision for her. I said, we're not going to press these charges, but now she wants the case to be reopened. Because um, she feels that Charlemagne the God is sitting up here. You're supposed to be this public icon, and you sitting up here like on public uh, platforms, joking about the situation. And he's he said some distasteful things about um, sleeping with women while they were drunk, and like um, putting uh-huh. Spanish fly, you know, in their drinks and stuff like that. And she's feeling like he's kind of rubbing salt in the in the wound. Um, like indirectly, so like this is my thing about Charlemagne the God. Like, you know, I'm not hating on the brother or whatever, but I've uh-huh. never really cared for him. Like, I've I've just never yeah. cared care for him. Um, uh-huh. I think that um he speaks on things that he doesn't know about. 
Um, I think he's very problematic for the black community. Um, and I, and I, I think he's a joke. I, I, I don't care for him, you know. Um, and to me, like for you to be sitting up here always preaching and, and talking about you, you know, black people need to do this and that. And you and you want, you know, and you sitting up here doing this. Like you, you, he wanted to get on Takashi Six Nine and clown him about his case. Um, I guess they said that he, when he was eighteen, I guess this girl, um, that she was like thirteen or fourteen or something, claimed that Takashi uh raped her. You was getting on his behind about that, but you wasn't telling nobody about this situation that happened to you. Now you being a twenty-two year old man, you didn't have no business. You had no business even associating with no 15 year old because at that That's point right. like my thing is what are you getting out of a 15 year old baby y'all conversation ain't even on the same part what can she talk to you about i mean y'all can't you can't even take her to the to the bar she ain't even down to the bar you can't take her nowhere she only 15 years old y'all can't even do nothing together i think you can get that girl into doing happy meal and some barrettes for her head at the damn dark dollar store that's the only <laughs> thing you can get for that girl right but this this is what I'm saying, man. It's just the hypocrisy of the thing. And for mm -hmm. you to say these problematic things, man, it's just it's just sickening. Yes. So what do you Absolutely. So what do you feel well, about that this 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 case? My thing is okay. Now, he was so damn lucky. And I'm saying lucky because when he accepted that plea and it vacated that entire case. My thing is, is that your mouth shouldn't have opened about nothing of that matter. Not, not anything that even relates to rape. Nothing like that. Because you done already been accused of it. You done took the plea, which means that you're saying, okay, I do admit. But my thing is this, okay. Then years later, now the woman's in her 30s or whatever, and he's how ever old and my thing is that you know now you want to start running your mouth about stuff you want to say this and you want to say that see his he is very egotistical he is very um you know and he has a nasty mouth anyway mm -hmm. and he's very blunt in a nasty and a negative way and you're right he um he actually thinks it's all about him that's why i believe that that's why his name is what it is on that show because so, he thinks yep. everything surrounds guy. him. Yes. But the fact of the matter is is that he was wrong in every aspect and for and my thing is is that okay, that brought about memories to that young lady that went through what she went through. And my thing is is that he thinks that okay, because I well, okay, well I don't already served my time or, you know, I I don't already took this plea so everything is fine so I can say what I wanna say. Well really what you really what he failed to realize is is that when he took that plea, there are terms in pleas that basically tells you that there are certain things that you are to refrain from. Mm -hmm. So why does he think that this entire thing surfaced back up? Because he got out there and ran this cocky ass mouth for no reason and he done messed himself up again. So, you know, this should be a teaching or a learning mechanism for him that he needs to stop thinking that he's all of that, Ooh. stop running his mouth and just shut the hell up. That, that's really what he needs to do. But see, with people like that can't because they have to be heard all the time. 
You know, mm-hmm. he has to be heard and he has to be seen. But see, every time you step out there like that, you're going to get caught up and that's exactly what happens to him again. So, you know, so really I will say this, this is exactly what he did. Right. So, well, so, like he said, it's, it's already his HBO deal has been um, snatched from him. Mm-hmm. And I told people mm-hmm. when this happened, man, with this whole Me Too movement, People are not trying to touch anybody that's even been accused of no stuff like that. Yeah. They don't even want to uh-huh. deal with nobody that's been accused of that stuff. So this is my thing uh-huh. is, you know, you want to get on everybody else about their stuff, but baby, let's talk about your yeah. situation. You don't want to talk about that, though. Uh-huh. You don't want to talk about uh-huh. that. So I don't uh-huh. know. We're going we gonna to keep following this story and see what happens because there's been more uh-huh. developments. Um, The girl, she's trying to take the situation up to um, the Supreme Court, um, the state Supreme uh-huh. Court. And um, as of now, the state is refusing to reopen the case. So yeah. we're going to see what happens with this as developments keep coming in. So we're going to follow uh-huh. that story because this this is, like, really crazy. Like, um, yes. and this is kind of giving, like, people being giving him the side eye, like, especially with these clips coming out and the things that he said in the past about um rape and stuff like that is really caused people to look in him some type of way mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. with that being said we're gonna move right on over to the r kelly situation and i know y'all been hearing about mr kelly now or i should say miss kelly because baby it's been some things coming out about mr robert Mr. Robert Williams, whatever his name is in real life, boy, let me tell you, they said that this boy, this man has been doing some shady things for years. And um, this girl, and we don't get to the song that he just released called I Admit, I, I Admit, which he pretty much, it's like a darn 20-minute song where he's admitting to all this stuff that he's done. Like, just being the, just the typical belligerent, disgusting yeah, exactly, Chan, Queen Kelly. Um, so, yeah, um, he's been accused, uh, like, these girls are coming out. Like, it's, it's, there's so many pieces of this story I want to get on because it's, it's, this goes really deep. Like, we all know about the uh, marriage to Aaliyah when she, was, um, when she was under 18. Like, he married her. And we know about that. She, he, and then just the case years ago where he was caught on that video pissing on that girl. You remember that? Uh-huh. Yeah. So we know this guy's had a history of sexual deviancy, but it's been more women coming out um, in the past couple years saying that this man has a sex, like he, he brainwashes these girls, keep them, under, uh, keep them at his house, and he has made these girls do all kind of lascivious acts all kind of just horrible just things to him. And I don't know if you guys follow this this lady on YouTube. Her name is uh, Unwind with Tasha K. But she did an interview with one of the girls that was um, allegedly at the uh, underneath, well, under R. Kelly's control. And, baby, she spilled the tea. She said that R. Kelly has a friend, like, well, he has a friend, called Bubba. His name is Bubba. And she said that R. Kelly used to show him pictures of him and Bubba uh, 
like Bubba was giving him head and giving him oral oh, sex yeah. and doing all kind of stuff. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. So and then she said not only that, she said that R. Kelly, he could never orgasm just having regular sex with the woman. She said that what? he would make her put on a strap on and bend him over and go up in his hind quarters and go up, up go up in between them up uh, them 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 double them double beef patties <laughs> hard and deep and it was just at a point like she said la baby let's let me do it and he would back up on it and do it himself and they said that's the, that's the only way he could get off and he's been accused allegedly of passing stds um herpes too Oh my God! Mm, mm, mm. So I'm oh telling God. you, Mr. Kelly is just doing the most. And I guess in this new song, I'm gonna go over some of the lyrics real quick. Like I'm on this article that they have all the lyrics. But I guess he he admitted in his song he can't read, he can't write or count money. He, he said that um a lot of his contracts like he don't even own the rights to his song because he signed all his rights away unknowingly <laughs> he admits to screwing all these fans he he admitted to a lot of stuff i don't really want to get into this because it's just really 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 oh just just really twisted like i just um don't know at this point who is still following r kelly who is still singing and playing his 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 music like who's still doing that because you know tom joiner that he even said something about this in the song. He talked about how Tom Joyner um, and Steve Harvey have pulled support from him, and rightfully so. Like, like who? My thing is, who is still listening to R. Kelly at this point? You know, he's been all doing right. all this stuff. Like, and then, and I ain't trying to throw no shade, y'all. I just got to just say this. I'm so sick. It's a karaoke spot that I go to here in Indianapolis. And I'm sorry. I don't care who feel this kind of way about it, but I'm saying what I got to say. I'm sick and tired of you motherfuckers still singing I Believe I Can Fly. And you know what this motherfucker... <laughs> when this motherfucker need to take them wings that he talking about he can fly with and fly straight to hell. And y'all still singing this, this fool stuff. Like, what's wrong with us? Like, what is wrong with us? Like, we'll support something like that, but then you want to come down on other groups of people that just want to live their life and be happy. Like, I don't understand. This just the hypocrisy in the black yeah. community is so real. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Well, but, you know, but let me say this real quick. See, now, I know that I remember when the song came out, um, you know, like this new song or whatever that he has. And I was driving somewhere and it was like I was hearing bits and pieces because I, I was trying to make sense of what the song was saying. And I remember, you know, how he was talking about how he couldn't uh, read and how he couldn't uh, count and all this kind of stuff. And my thing is, okay, you sure know how to sexually abuse these people, these kids, these these women, you know, and so you and so you know how to do that. But you mean to tell me that you don't know how to read and you can't count, you can't think. Really, you can't do that, but you know how to go 
to the store and get people sexual toys Mm-mm. and stuff and Mm-mm. have all this, uh, you know, all this fun and stuff with these women. Well, I say fun because it's fun to him, but mm-hmm. you torture these women and then you abuse these kids and stuff, but you can't read. Ooh, and then, you know, and then you're going to put a pen in your damn hand and sign your life away. <laughs> But you know how to abuse people. Okay, see, see something's wrong with the picture. See, that's what I'm you talking know, about. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. That, that, oh that. my god. So, what? Do you, let me ask you this: What do you at this point? What do you say to the people out here that are still supporting R. Kelly, especially these thirsty ass women that go to these concerts throwing their panties and throwing their ass on stage for this month? Who? What do you have to say about somebody that's still? Even after all this proof has came out, what do you have to say about somebody that still supports R. Kelly? Sick, they sick asses, and if they listening to my voice, let me tell you something: you sick, and you need to go on over there and be his maid and just live with him. Take yourself out of society, remove yourself from your job, from your hometown, going over there and isolate yourself because you ain't shit. I'm sorry, but I'm just going to say that because anytime you still think that a sick person like that who promotes torture, who promotes shame, who promotes ignorance, really, because that is um, a lack of knowledge that he does mm-hmm. not have because he don't know how to read, right? Ooh. He don't know how to spell. Well, oops, I'm not, and I'm not going to say spell, but he don't know how to count. He don't know how to comprehend. So he is ignorant, and you are too if you still promote something like this. So basically what you're saying is is that he is, you know, still a great artist. You're saying that, you know, he deserves a chance. No, he does not. Because anytime you repetitiously do things like that, you don't deserve anything but ass whooping. That's what you deserve. And really, he has not gotten what he deserves. I'm not talking about harm to him, so I'm just going to put that out there. I do not believe in no killing. I don't don't believe in all that. But I believe in strapping his ass down and beating his ass. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yes. Beat yeah. me on. Because obviously, obviously the legal system is not going to do anything about it at this point. Not. You know? No. no. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It just uh, The whole situation is just crazy, and I know we're just going to keep having developments on this story because it's just something that's never going to end with him. Like, yes. I, he gets on these interviews, and Chan, I don't know if my cousin Chan on her, she showed me this interview where he was on there going off on the woman. The woman was being respectful. She was just trying to get his side of things about these allegations. He didn't want to talk about it. He going to tell that woman what she want to talk about, but you came on her show. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently he couldn't read and understand to know whose show it was on. <laughs> well, that, 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 see, that, see, that's what happens. That's, see, that, that's what happens when you can't read. Right. That's right. So... All right, we got a couple more stories, and then because I know you got to get off here soon, but we got a couple more stories that I want to touch on, and and it's more of a serious thing that we need to talk about. Um, yes. Um, we're gonna talk about our sister, um, Nia Wilson, that was tragically killed, um, by a, by a just a satanic, just an evil 
man, white supremacist, which is called what it is. And we're just going to talk about how um, how this has been going on. And plus, like, there was an incident in uh, Florida where a man shot this black man in cold blood, and the man was unarmed. Mm. And the, and the uh, police chief is sticking by this man that's been known to harass other black people. And he was saying, well, this is the stand your ground case. So we're going to get to that in a minute. And uh, we'll talk about that. And then the last thing we're going to talk about, so there's three more things I really want to get on for sure before we get off here. And, and the, I want to get on the just the tragic death um, and just the, the incident of the duck boat drowning in Missouri. Mm, so yeah. Yeah, we, we just know we've been watching that, been following that, and it's just been really just tragic. I just, you know, I really, uh, my prayers go out to all the families that have been affected by this and just, just, yeah. and it's just all the stuff that's just been transpiring since, you know, it's just crazy that all these people lost their lives, you know, and, yeah. just, and, and it's just mm-hmm. really, just, it really drives home the fact that we have to live our lives in a way to like, we got to, we got to be ready. We have to be ready mm-hmm. and we have to love one another because you don't know when somebody's going to be taken from you. You you have to just live like That's that. Right. You have to. So we're going to mm-hmm. do that. But um, let's talk about Miss Nia Wilson. Now, did you hear about that situation, about that crazy man in California? I that, did not. Yes. No. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're going to go to a clip really quick, um, kind of outlining that situation, and then I'm going to read an article real quick, and then we're going to uh, talk mm-hmm. about that. And mm-hmm. um let me go find this clip. Okay, and this is the sister because it was two sisters that got stabbed. One of them lived. And she gives an account of the killer and how the man just stabbed him and ran up the steps and just looked down the steps at him and just stared while he wiped his knife off and just disappeared. So this is the sister, and it was just really hard to, to hear this sister just talk about uh, how – you know, her her little baby sister got stabbed and how she had to pretty much watch this this maniac, you know, just uh, do this uh, and just just disappear. Like he didn't have no care in the world. He just did this and just didn't have no emotion. So I'm gonna go to uh, what her sister said in the press release and I'm gonna come back with the rest of my commentary. I feel like I didn't protect her like I was supposed to. Well, sister was the most sweetest person on this earth, you know? She didn't do nothing to nobody. I didn't do nothing to nobody. And for this to happen is just out, outright crazy. We just coming from a family function, you know, and going on our way home like we usually don't talk to nobody just listen to our music and all of a sudden we transfer and just to get blindsided by many for what i don't know why we was letting the bart passenger and her child come out from the train so we can enter by the time my little sister my other little sister, she was on train. So we let the woman back up with her her stroller. You know, she backed up as we walking on. Then he started twat attacking. And I looked back 
and he was wiping off his knife and stood at the stairs and just looked. And then I start from there on, I was caring for my sister. I was in shock because I was hurting from the side. So I didn't know I was cut, but I was because I was paying more attention to my little sister. But he just stood there like it was nothing. And he just ran. He fled the scene. She just yelled my name. Tifa, Tifa, Tifa. And I said, I got you, baby. I got you. Just calm down because she has real bad anxiety. And what did you say to her in those final moments? I love her. And we're going to get through this. I got you. You're my baby sister. Remember her for her. Not what you hear. You know, that was my little sister. Loving, caring, help any and everybody. You know, but I just wish that it'll be more helpful if we get more security or make the BART more safer because we don't ride BART like that. She'd hate BART. She will not sit on bar. She will just stand there. She will not catch bar only if we really have to go somewhere. And that's myself too. You know, as young black women, we shouldn't have to look behind our back 24-7. You know, we should be living freely like everybody else. Why everybody else gets to live freely. And we got to look behind our back every 24-7. Because of fear of like this, you know, he didn't know us, we didn't know him, there was no altercation, but he just felt upon himself to take his anger or whatever the case may be uh, on innocent women. I just want justice for my sister. All right. You know what's just really sad is it's like we we need to come to a realization in this country that we have a race problem and uh-huh. we have um black people need to get in high alert. They need to get serious. We need to start being aware of our surroundings and we gotta start calling the thing a thing. Like we are living uh-huh. in a racial climate to where nobody is safe. Nobody is safe. Nobody wants to talk about the issue. We've been dealing with this, um, these these issues, and it's this sad that these two young black sisters, these women, had to go through this. And this man, they and I think they finally caught the man. They did catch the man. Um, yeah, they they caught the uh, guy. And um, I'm going to find his name really quick because I, I want everybody to know who this monster is. Like, yeah. Yeah, cause we need to know who these people are. We we have to know who these people are. Uh-huh. But, you know, everybody wants to always talk about black-on-black crime. They're going to talk about what's going on, our issues. But you got people like this that are just out uh-huh. here killing for yeah. no reason, just just yeah. going just going into these churches, they're going um into these schools. They just they just mowing down people in the streets, 
and then we have a president that's not even speaking up for it. And if anything, he, he's encouraging this stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just really, really, really sad that we're living in these times. We have to we have to start learning how to defend ourselves. We have to learn if, if mm-hmm. you live in a state where you can carry mace or a gun or permit, you have to do what you have to do to take care of yourself. Because these people are killing us in cold blood and they're getting off scot free. So you have to learn how to take your life seriously and take it into your own hands and do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And, and you know and this and it's sad because it's not all white people are doing this stuff, but these people, these white supremacists, they don't even care about their own race. They'll kill other white people that are out here speaking up against it. They don't care. Uh-huh. These people are uh-huh. the spawn of of Satan. They have no regards to life. They don't care about their own family. They don't care about anybody else. So what do you think? Why would you think they're going to care about your black ass? And y'all want to sit up here yeah. and play games with these people. Uh, uh, uh. It's just oh sad. God. This girl was so beautiful. Like she was, you know, just just life snatched from her, you know. Um, I'm trying to see. I'm going to look this. I'm still looking this up. Because um, I want to name this person. I forgot what his name was. I, and I had it. I thought I wrote it down in my um in my um, notes for the show, but I, I f- must have forgot about it. Um, let's see. Because we need to know who this guy is. Yes, definitely. Ooh, yes, oh his name is John Cowell. Um, um, last name spelled C-O-W-E-L-L. So they, I, I believe they finally called him. And I just want to see what happens. Yes. I'm really wanting to see what happens because this is sad that we still are dealing with this stuff. And nobody is like, we have to start taking this serious ourselves. We, we, you know, instead of everybody, you know, us hating on one another and trying to put each other down. I wish sometimes this this is what kills me. See, like the way we, clown and, and, and belittle and, and go after each other in our community. I wish we would use that same energy um, to attack or go after or try to go after these people that are mean in our community no good. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So, yes. So and what, I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing is this, okay, so you have this white man who went after two African-American sisters. And my thing is this, okay, he felt like he felt so confident in doing that because he just knew that his color was a means of protection for him. Because, see, things like that have been condoned for years and it's becoming um, more serious as the years progress. But the thing is, is that um, you know, for him to just go up to the top of the stairs and wipe his knife off like he just accomplished a great thing, you know, like he just done something that was just so great. And, you know, he wipes it off like he just conquered some some type of obstacle or whatever the case may be and then just runs off. That's a coward. That's mm-hmm. a sick coward. And I'm going to tell you something. I know 
that he has probably done show throughout the years behavior of a psychopath, behavior of a killer, and it has been ignored. It has been ignored. For this man to just blatantly come out and just do that, there have been signs that have been all over his head about the type of person that he is, but it has been ignored by his family. I don't know if his parents are still alive, but I'm pretty sure that as a young child, it probably showed then as well. But see, but because our um, officers out here that condone the same thing, you know, so they really don't, you know what I mean? Right. So it's like, almost like the system is really, I feel like this. The system is going to give him a break simply because he's a white man. And I put it out there, and I'm just here to say right now, if people don't like that, they just don't like it. But the system is going to give this man a break simply because of his color. Because, like I said, he feels as if his color is a means of protection for him. He didn't care because he just knew that everything was going to be fine for him. But this mess needs to stop. It yeah. needs to stop. Yeah, it, it, it has to. And this yeah. is why it's important that we have to get out here and vote in November. Oh, Quit, yeah. start, stop voting because you feel like it's based on party or something. You need to know what these people's platforms are and what, what they stand That's for. Right. We have to take this serious, y'all. We have to. We we just have to. That's right. That's right. Yes. So, um, yeah, I'm going to move on real quick. We got two more quick stories, and we're going to jump up off here. Um, okay. moving pretty quick, quick tonight, honestly. So a mm -hmm. little over, um, uh, hour and 19 minutes. So we're going to get off here in the next, um, 10 minutes or less. Okay. Now, um, I, I mentioned about the story in Florida about Marquise McLaughlin. Um, he was the, 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 the black gentleman that was killed down, um, mm. outside of a, I think it was a convenience store or, 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 or gas station and um this monster by the name of michael Drake um was outside harassing his wife like she was parked and he was harassing her and this man has been known to be harassing black people saying racist stuff calling them the n-word he's just been terrorizing black people so um he came out there defending her and he wasn't even armed, but he just pushed the guy away and said, hey, get away from my wife. Like, he, he was threatening the wife and stuff, and the guy pulled out a gun um, and shot shot him dead. Oh, wow. Now, the sheriff, oh, yeah, not, yeah uh, the sheriff is declining to arrest Michael Drake for killing uh, Mar Marquise Glockton, um, and he's saying doing this on the grounds of Florida's stand your ground law. Yeah. So he's been getting under a, get a lot of uh, backlash from this. And this is my thing. When black people stop, tries, try to use that same law, they're still thrown in prison. That's right. This is the same state where they allowed George Zimmerman to kill Trayvon Martin. So now, black people, you you have a we have a thing like we have a situation now that we have to address. Why mm -hmm. is the law being applied to them, but not being applied to a lot? Why can we take advantage of that law? Because there's a lot of these racist and white supremacists that are always uh, 
taunting and attacking black people, but black people can't use that law in their favor. And it's not just the law. We have to look at look at it as a bigger picture. Like this is the system that we live in. The lo- the laws are applied when they want to apply them to white people versus black people. That's just that's just what it is. So we have to uh-huh. really start looking at this thing for what it really is. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm gonna go to this yes. clip real quick because um, that lawyer spoke about it, and I'm gonna come back and get your commentary, and then we're gonna talk about the duck boat drowning. Okay. A long line of these alleged stand your ground murderers in the state of Florida. Individual is the initial aggressor, starts the confrontation, and then kills the unarmed black person and claims it's self defense. It's still ludicrous how you can claim that you're in fear of your life, but yet you approach and start the confrontation with the individuals. We have to say, no, this is not justice. We will not continue to let this epidemic of being able to confront and kill unarmed black people and then say, I was just standing my ground. It was just self-defense. There is enough evidence in this case to charge this murderer with a crime. When you look at these facts, I mean, and you look at all the facts, Brittany Jacobs was in the car with her two babies in the back seat. I mean, a three-year-old daughter, a four-month-old son, and a strange man comes up to her car cursing and screaming, pointing his finger through the window, and the father comes out to try to protect his family, protect his property. He should have the right to have stand your ground. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't he get the right to have stand your ground? And then after the killer is on the ground, he pulls the gun out. And you watch the video frame by frame. Four seconds pass. Four seconds pass when he takes that gun out and points it. Marquise takes four steps back and is turning to leave and retreat. There's a white gentleman in the video. You see, he turns and runs. He is not in fear of his life. He is not in fear. It is not reasonable Mm -hmm. for him to shoot and kill a person who is retreating. Mm. All right. Oh my God. So this is another George Zimmerman mm. 2.0. Um yes. a, a suspected white well, he's not a suspected white supremacist. He is a white supremacist that has been well known, it's been documented. This guy has harassed people, and he has been given the green light to kill another an unarmed black man. So we have to look oh. at this state. That's, that's why I don't really want to visit. I don't want to go to Florida. I have no desire to go down no. there. Um, if this no. is how we, as black people, going to be treated down there, black people need to get to a point to where either you're going to deal with it, put up, shut up, move from down there, do what you got to do, because your lives are in jeopardy now. And this is giving the green light to other white supremacists to where they can do this and get away and use this bogus law, this stand your ground law, to get off. 
Like it's just it's just yeah. what it is. So we we just gotta. I don't know. It's it's just sad. It's just sad. Yeah, that's almost like you know, just you know, that's just a pass to go ahead and just kill somebody. And it's almost like you know, me. So the way that I look at it is like this. Okay, you know how you can just give a person like a pass, and then you can get into the movies, or you can, you know, get into like an event or something like this. Okay, so with the stand your ground rule. Okay, you go ahead and you pull your gun out and you kill any type of black person that you want to go ahead and kill. And that's your pass to go ahead and get off because one, your presence, the black person's presence is what irritates them in the first place. They don't want them there. They're prejudiced. They're racist. So all of a sudden they go ahead, pull the gun out on an unarmed person, goes ahead and kills them, and their excuse is, oh, I'm just standing my ground. Standing your ground against what? The person didn't do anything to you. Right. Nothing. They were not a threat. You were the aggressor. Nothing. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So therefore, you know, that that right there, what I want to do is, is I want to research more as far as the stand your ground rule. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know what type of statutes are in there. What is it that the stand your ground rule really promotes? Who is it really for? When was it established? Why is it used? You know, like, I want to know every aspect of this because that's all you ever hear. You never, ever hear, oh, well, the oh well, the person was really breaking into the house or uh, they were trying to steal my car or they were this or they were that. It's nothing like that. It's always self-defense, stand your ground. And every time that that is used, it's always proven that, that, that the black person never had a gun, was never doing anything. And have you noticed there's always a witness that it's always seen that there is, that, that black person never done anything. In every instance that has happened with the standard ground, the black person has never done anything wrong. That's what I don't understand. Right. You know what I mean? Like this, this, this is just crazy. Yes. So, yeah, that's what this is going. This that's what's going on with this right now. At this point, I don't know if they're going to take it to a higher court or what they're mm-hmm. going to do. But um, as for now, they're sticking by it, and they're saying that mm-hmm. this man was in the right, and this family's just going to have to deal with it. You know, mm-hmm. but this is what I'm saying. All these people, these people should not be allowed. And, and I'm not saying that we should incite violence. I'm not saying that. But my thing is, it's like black people. We have to put out a different energy because, like, these people feel like they can do this stuff and get away with it. There should be no reason uh-huh. why this guy should feel safe walking the streets. It shouldn't be. Uh-huh. And it shouldn't be a reason why we still have a George Zimmerman still around taunting the family of Trayvon Martin, still out here wilding out, doing everything under the sun. It should not even be like that. So what That's energy right. are we putting out there to where people feel like they can do this stuff to us and get away with it? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So we're going to keep following these two stories about Nia Wilson and uh, um, this brother um, that was just shot down in cold blood. We're we going to keep following these stories, and um, if any developments come up, we're going to bring them to you. But, yeah, we, we have to be on high alert and know that we're living in a time and we're living in a, um, during an administration where 
the president is not calling these things out. He's he's encouraging mm-hmm. them, and that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. Now we're gonna get to our last story real quick. Um, um, I, I just this is just a real sad situation about the duck boat drowning in Missouri, mm-hmm. where it was so just countless. I mean, just so many lives lost during this tragedy. I'm gonna go to a clip real quick. Um, and you know, it's sad because like Indianapolis, there was people from Indianapolis that were on that boat and they um uh, were tragically they lost their lives. So we're gonna talk about that and um I got a couple things I wanna talk about too with the, as far as that that situation is concerned. Because I feel like the way the media kinda handled some of these situations, it was just kind of kinda tasteless in my opinion. But um, we're going to go to this clip just so the people that don't know about it or don't know the details about it, we're going to um, talk about it, and then we're going to come back. Good evening. I'm Rena Nynan. We begin with a harrowing and heartbreaking story of survival. Tia Coleman lost nine members of her family in the tour boat tragedy in Missouri, including her husband and three children. They were among 17 people killed when an amphibious duck boat capsized and sank near Branson, Missouri. The dead range in age from 1 to 76 years old. Mm. The duck boat, which drives on land and cruises on water, ran into a violent storm Thursday night. 14 people were rescued. Tia Coleman and her 13-year-old nephew were among the survivors. Omar Villafranca has her story. Boats were on the water at Table Rock Lake as family festivities resumed in Branson, Missouri. Notably missing were the popular duck boats. Ride the Duck suspended all operations after 17 people were killed earlier this week when one of the boats sunk in a storm. On Friday night, hundreds of people gathered to remember the dead. Flowers were placed on the victims' cars left behind in the parking lot. The tragedy happened Thursday evening. Cell phone video shot from another vessel shows the duck boat struggling to push through the choppy water as the storm blew over the lake. The video shows water splashing into the boat. It eventually sank and rests under 80 feet of water. By law, all the duck boats have to carry life jackets, but passengers aren't required to wear them. The jackets are stored under the canopy. One woman who was on the boat said operators told them they wouldn't need the life jackets. Tia Coleman was one of the 14 survivors. They were throwing out life jackets to people. And I said, Jesus, please keep me. Just keep me so I can get to my children. Keep me, Lord. But Coleman's three children and six other relatives from Indiana died. The others who died on the boat include a couple from St. Louis, 68-year-old Rosemary Hammond and 69-year-old William Asher. William and Janice Bright, they were in town to celebrate their 45th wedding anniversary. 64-year-old Leslie Dennison, she's credited with saving her granddaughter. Steve Smith and his 15-year-old son Lance from Arkansas. And the driver of the boat, 73-year-old Bob Williams. Jim Pattison Jr. is president of Ripley Entertainment. They own the boating company. Should that boat have been on the water? Well, I think, yes, at the time, with what we knew then, when we knew it, it was calm water. But many local boaters are questioning whether the vessel should have been on the water because of the weather. The National Weather Service issued a severe thunderstorm watch Thursday morning. The tour started in the early afternoon. 
Just after 6.30 p.m., a severe thunderstorm warning was issued, alerting people that 60 to 70 mile per hour wind gusts were possible. The boat was still in the water when the storm hit and sank just after 7 p.m. For Tia Coleman, who is still recovering, the horror and panic from Thursday still haunt her. The worst feeling you could ever feel. The one thing I remember saying is, if they don't make it, Lord, take me too. There's really no need for me to be here. Two adults that were in the accident are still in the hospital in critical condition, but two children were released today. Rena? Omar Villafranca and Branson, thank you, Omar. All right. Um, that was, so that's, that's like the tragic situation that happened. Um, they just had the, um, they had last week, they had a vigil at Mount Olive, uh, Pastor Liggins. He was there. It's been a lot of so preachers and pastors around the city being very supportive. Um, there was even a GoFundMe page that was helped to uh, help the surviving members, and it raised over, well, close to a million dollars from what I'm hearing. Um, so it's been a lot of support, but I just, I just hope everybody's able to just keep in mind that, you know, we all need to stand behind this family. Like, and I, yeah. I know it's going to be a lot of drama coming up, like e even amongst the survivors, cause I can see how this situation get, can get ugly where some people are getting more support than others. And some people feel like, well, my family's not getting help and this, that, and the other. So I just hope everybody can just keep focused. You know what I'm saying? And and I, I just you know uh, it just makes you just realize like sometimes I, I'm just gonna be honest with you if that was me because you can have all the faith in the world that you want but the situation like that would cause even the strongest Christian um, it would cause you to question God like why why did you allow this to happen so I just I just want you just people to know out here you have to live your life every day like it's your last day like you you have to appreciate life you have to love and appreciate your loved ones because you don't know when they're going to be snatched from here you just don't know and this is just like a a good well it's not a good but this is just a, a an example to demonstrate this like you have to be ready at all times and the only thing i just didn't like about this case is in, in the coverage is like this lady was grieving, and these people were just relentless in just getting her side of the story. This lady had just lost her family, and these people were just persistent in just being in this woman's face. Yeah. And I'm not trying to bring race into this, but when you have white people that go through tragic things like this, and I was just talking to my mother about this. She made a good point. A lot of times they have spokesmen or spokeswomen for them to, to speak to the media, but these people didn't care about this woman just going through what she wanted through. They all in her face asking these questions. And it just, it just, yeah. and it's just like they treat us sometimes like we ain't even human beings. Like, you know, mm -hmm. so that's the thing that bothered me about this entire situation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, like, of course, I have followed this story as well. And, you know, and I know, um, you know, really like, maybe about three, maybe four of the family members um, who, of course, were not on that boat, but I knew those um, who were actually here, you know, because I deal with them. And, you know, and it's just really unfortunate to just really have to 
see your family off and just not even knowing that you would never see them again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what what really bothered me the most is, you know, the captain of that boat, and I know that he did not make it either, but the captain of that boat, um, you know, he was trained to, um, you know, read, like, the weather systems and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So knowing that there was a thunderstorm warning at 11, um, 30 that morning and then at 620 when they boarded that boat and that thunderstorm warning was still there which means it's warning you that there's one around and with hearing what that owner of that company said he said well because of how the weather and stuff was at that time and how the water was at that time let me know then that you knew the severe warning was still there and was still in effect and so it didn't even matter to him. He's just like, okay, well, we got our money. We got to let them sell. But a respectful and caring person would have said, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to give you your funds back. It is too dangerous to be out here. But when I heard the um, details of that water, 80 feet, no duck boat should ever be on water of that capacity. It just should not that you know like it shouldn't and you know and and that's just what just irritated me the most of then you tell them that you don't have to worry about the life jackets and when they said they pulled that boat up and the life jackets were still intact were still intact what kind of captain is that what what kind of company is this you know and and it's just you know and it's just so bothersome that you have a company out here that will still promote um, a um, um, ride out here on the um, water, and there's still a dangerous um, storm warning that is in effect. I truly believe that those people's lives could have been saved only if that captain had enough compassion. But I just, but what I want to know is, is what made that captain not make a decision on keeping them docked. Why was it that he just was just so dead set on sailing when he knew the type of weather that was coming? Mm-hmm. That's that's why I don't understand. You know, there's just so many twists and turns in this, and I'm just so um, devastated by this because. Uh, you know, and then the young man um, who, like the nephew of the lady that actually survived, his parents are gone. You know, and he, yeah. you know, this is just, this is just horrible. It is. It's horrible. And that's, that's why, like I said, man, you just, you, it's just, if you look at this situation, it just makes you, like, the problems that you go, going through, it just makes you like, wow, this is nothing in compared to what these people are going through right now. And it just makes you just grateful mm-hmm. because a lot of times we complain and we, you know, um, mm-hmm. we feel some type of way about life circumstances and certain situations, but we don't realize that it's somebody out there that has it better, I mean, worse than you have it, you know? So I just, like I said, we yeah. just got to keep these people in their prayers I just hope that everybody's yeah. able to stay focused in these upcoming days. People don't start mm-hmm. bickering and fighting and being greedy and all that stuff because that stuff happens. 
Yeah. And I just hope everybody stays focused and just, you know, just continues just supporting one another because, you know, this, these families are going to need every um, ounce of support that they can get in these upcoming days mm -hmm. and months. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. that's just, that's just my thoughts about it. And that's, that's, that's pretty much it. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's sure, that. I want to say one thing real quick. Uh -huh. What I also want to what I also want to know, and hopefully, you know, this is something that will come out. You know, I just want to know if they're going to ever pursue suing the company yeah. or, you know, what, like, that's, that's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And you know how, like, because, you know, I know you got background in law, but you know how long these cases can take in court for years. Yes. So yes, it's, that's that's what I'm saying. It's gonna be a long road ahead. Like you know, what I'm saying they're gonna mm -hmm. need all the support they can get because, like that, I feel in my opinion this company should be held liable. Like I, I just do. That's just how yes. I feel about it. They're that's liable. Right. They mm -hmm. have to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Well, that was it for all the stories I had. Um, all the um news items that I have for this week. I want to thank you. We're starting things back up again. Um, I think this is a very good show. I want to thank all the people that had um, joined us in chat. Um, and uh, I just want to thank everybody that just, um, just came through and supported us. This is just something that I just wanted to do in the past week. So um, we're starting back up. Um, once again, like I said, you can check us out on blogtalkradio.com. Look us up under the Urban Wire Media Network. So we're back. Um, we didn't change the name. We're going to do the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers um, because I'm going to eventually start the website up. and We're going to have written articles and commentaries on there. But right now we're just going to do this um, network on um, Blog Talk Radio. We might have some other shows that I'm going to probably produce on because so, I just want something for everybody. I want everybody to have a uh, place on this network where we talk about different issues and um, different shows and just all kind of stuff. Um, you can find our show on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, and Google Play. So we are expanding. So just go on there and check us out. The show will be re-aired on, I'm, I'm aiming for Wednesday at 8 p.m. So you will hear everything that's going to be edited. So, um, yeah, just be on the lookout for that. And I will let you guys know when we will have our next broadcast. So um, is there anything else you would like to say before we get off here? Well, I just want to say that I had a great time, and I look forward to the next time. All right. Good night. Once again, this is the Urban Wire, um, where we shine a light on issues impacting the urban community. Good night, everyone.